welcome back to another episode of the Caffeinated Librarians. I'm joined here with some of the other Caffeinated Librarians. We're going to say our names for new time listeners. My name is Amanda. My name is Ben. Katie. Annalisa. Joe. And I'm Simona. And we're continuing with our series of romantic comedies, taking a look at them, seeing which some of our favorites are. Um, and today it's my pick. Uh, I have chosen the 2017 anime film, The Night is Short, Walk On Girl, um, which was directed by Yuasa, which for longtime viewers, you are accustomed to this name because we've talked about other works like Inuo and Lou Over the Wall. Um, and I'm sure you've heard me and Joe like just name drop Yuasa during a couple of our anime episodes. Um, with that being said, for those who are unfamiliar with the film, uh, the film can be summed up very shortly. It's about the story of a boy who loves a girl, and he's really trying to become the main part of her story. And through this whole thing, you get a kind of a look at what Japanese drinking culture nightlife is like through chaos <laughs> and the love of youth. And life. And life. A lot of different looks at life and what life means ultimately to come to the conclusion that life is just chaotic and you just got to roll with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a movie that's good enough to make you adore a character who's really just an old pervert who collects porn and gets drunk all the time. <laughs> His daughter got married. <laughs> married the guy that was the guy she loved, not the one that she didn't love because... That was my I, I love moment. the sophist jokes. I don't know. Those <laughs> the ones where they're all so like sad stupid. about what, and that love sucks and it doesn't exist and that <laughs> But yeah, this is this Love's is not logical. <laughs> you know, it's it's a cute romantic comedy, but I think more than anything it's one of the best drinking movies. Yeah. You know, I was getting vibes of the world's end watching it. Like just the going from place to place and trying the new whatever they were serving and the drink descriptions from like the, the the pervy drink master. I don't. I was like, this was just. I love just like how how quickly they make friends with, with everyone, and they just amass a giant group. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because um, kind of like if you're not used to like, um, there's like if you're not used to watching a lot of movies where they like you know do blood drinking in Japan, or you're just not used to watching you know scenes with that happening. Drinking culture in Japan is huge in yeah. asia in asian countries in general drinking culture is humongous it's never something you should do alone it's always something where you should never be drinking alone and you should never be the one pouring your glass and my sister went to japan and she learned that firsthand um, <laughs> it's big with businesses they find a reason to celebrate anything you go to a bar, you make friends you socialize you make new friends or you just sit there and you talk and you have a good time I know I watched some minor like YouTube documentaries with like kind of like just like backpackers kind of going around. They find these cheapo little teeny tiny bars that where they have to sit outside, and all they do sit around and they just make friends. They're like forced to sit at a table with other people because there's no other room, and they just make friends. You don't even have to know the language, and everybody just somehow is just so happy and gets together. It's mm-hmm. like the best time. Yeah. And there are towns in Japan that are solely dedicated to just nightlife and drinking. So in this sense, you get the chaotic nature of hostess bars. Like the guy walks up to our main guy, Senpai. He doesn't actually have a name. It's just Senpai. Um, 
and he shows him a magazine full of beautiful women. And he's like, no, I like my women kind of with a dork hair. And he's like, I got girls like that for you. <laughs> it's a hostess bar. He's trying to get you to come in and spend money on alcohol that you can have with a beautiful woman to have a conversation with. But you got to spend that money. <laughs> and so I, I absolutely adore this film. It's, it's wacky and crazy. So, and the person, it's based on a, a book by an author named Tomohiko uh, Morini. Uh, they're known for doing other kind of wacky, over-the-top stories. They've done one of their most famous ones that got turned into another anime series. is called The Tatami Galaxy and The Eccentric Family. All of them are just trippy. It, this is more or less Tatami Galaxy, the movie. Like, it's a, it's, yeah, it's, it's the, the same characters kind of just mixed around. and Okay, all right. Yeah. yeah and, it's finally, like... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, it should be noted, this and Tatami Galaxy are college animes, which is surprisingly pretty rare. Uh, a lot of animes are focused on high school and often presents, like, graduation as almost like a death. Like, oh, oh yeah. you're moving on to, to the next world. Whereas, the you know, so college media is sort of rare in Japan. So yeah, it's, it's always, nice it's always younger this. because the audience, the target audience in Japan are all focused on youth yeah they want to the, the 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 years of your youth the the romantic nature the grandness that you can do anything you want kind of deal it's kind of just a reminiscery thing i had a talk with this uh actually with a friend recently about uh what's his name the guy who did suzume and weathering with you and your name he's been known for kind of just doing the same movies over and over again same plots of young love mm -hmm. and his latest film he was like, I don't want to do this, so he purposely turned the main guy into a chair. As to avoid that. <laughs> wow. He was like, I'm tired Respect. of doing the same story over and over again, but the producers were like, no, we want young love. I have to think this movie actually, I think, might have changed my life because it actually created a god that I'm willing to worship. The god of used books? Yeah. I, I love that part. I yeah. wish you could get drunk and go to an open air yeah. nighttime book market. There's so much of that feeling in this movie of just like the happiness of this existing and having these magical things to do, like go to an open used book market and have it like the, the story of like the books were designed for her to them to find them again later on in life and i was like this is so beautiful and how they're all connected to each other that was the one of my favorite parts of of that sequence i loved the god of books i figured he wasn't human first of all his face is kind of weird and i know there are a lot of weird faces in this anime <laughs> but someone was like this kid isn't human but i loved when he talks about how all books are interconnected and he starts naming off these authors these characters it's such a beautiful sequence and I love the idea that you, because like when I enter a bookstore, it's like, ooh, am I going to find that perfect book? So the idea that there's that perfect book waiting for you somewhere on the shelf. Um, yeah, that was that was one of my favorite parts of the movie, the, the, the god of used books or books in general. I love that. And is there a god of books? There, there can be. <laughs> uh, in Japan, they believe that, you know... There are like major gods and there are minor gods. So there is a large stream of minor gods and depending on, like even if you build like these tiny itty bitty shrines that you yeah. see, as mm -hmm. long as they're cared for and maintained, the god will always be, you oh, know, okay. there and will have power, but if the shrines dilapidate in any form, yeah. then okay. they, they vanish, away. they don't have a home anymore. Okay. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was a god of used books. 
What okay. is that perfect book of yours? Well, what's your rough historically? Book? What is the perfect book in your in <laughs> your in your book? heart? Um, well, Harry Potter. Those books have a special place in my heart. Certainly. I started reading them in high school. Mm -hmm. um, just the magic of that series. No um, specific edition. Yes. Oh, I don't. Okay. Specific I, I, no, I, look, I'm somebody who, things I love, I have like specific, like, you know, it's like, okay, like this is, this is the primo. I would say the, the 2014 painted cover, new edition of Sorcerer's Stone, where it's Hagrid and Harry walking through Diagon Alley, and it's like oh, purple yes. and Christmassy. Oh, yeah. yes. I like yeah, that. I think I, like, is that 2014? Was it 2014? I know, like my my bought myself a box set of like another one of those like special edition ones. I don't think it's those, but one of my favorites, this Thai illustrator, did all of the books for like a particular anniversary, and I was like, I don't know how to get my hands on them, but they are gorgeously illustrated, mm -hmm. and they come in these special boxes that open up. And I remember I wrote to him saying, you know, you are so incredibly talented. I love what you did, um, but yeah, like. There are definitely covers where, like, you they go above and beyond. I'm trying to get the latest ones with the pop-outs. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I have a lot of... Okay. My, my aunt from, from Italy got me um, the first Harry Potter book in Italian because I wanted to try reading it. It hasn't worked out. <laughs> but, but... But you know what's going on. Yeah, for the, for the most part. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, there's something about bookstores in general that I just love walking into them. I will admit I love like flipping the books and smelling the pages. I love the way books smell. I'm not ashamed of that. I do that. Well, old books smell kind of like chocolate, but like yeah. it's the right? wood smell that I, comes from I the pages. Never heard that comparison, but it makes a lot of like sense. Like cocoa smell, right? Yeah, like a yeah. cocoa smell. Like cocoa butter. Yeah, and and some books will smell better than others, and I love the embossed covers of books, like. I, I just when you put time and effort into a cover, I appreciate it like nothing else. Like so, yeah. So the God of Used Books store clearly moved all of us. <laughs> yes. I'm curious though. Does everyone have their perfect book? A book that is perfect to you? Thirteenth uh, Tale by Diane Setterfield. Interesting. Okay. It's yes. It's like easy, easy reading in some ways, but it's just delightful. Mine's really disturbing. So let's hear it. Oh, um, so my favorite book is a collection of short stories by Mikhail Bulgakov, and it's a young, uh, it's a country doctor's notebook, and then BBC made a little short story out of my favorite short story, or a short series out of my favorite short story called Morphine, which is this, it's about a doctor in a rural Russian hospital who gets addicted to morphine because there's nothing else for him to do out there, and he becomes depressed, and it's the only thing that gives him happiness. And so it's his friend reading his diary entries as he slowly loses his mind as he becomes addicted to the morphine and kills himself. <laughs> but it is written so beautifully that the prose feels like a nice warm blanket as you're reading something this disturbing. And it's yeah. that dichotomy and how it's so beautifully balanced that I loved it. Okay, noted. I'm going to watch, I'm going to read it and find it. <laughs> My. That's a real book. I'm sorry. That's what the train references are all about. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Like, I was like, oh, it's a real book. <laughs> I mean, it's a children's book, but my, my mom got it for me when I was probably 
two, three years old, but I have these small green books of uh, Beatrix Potter's um, uh, Peter Rabbit yeah. um, book series. I still have it, and they're they're my they're my treasure. Hmm. And still in really great condition too. What could I treasure besides? Give you a minute. Ask Amanda. I don't know <laughs> if it's. I, I I wouldn't say it's my favorite book. But, yeah. Uh, well, we're not saying favorite book. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, one of the first books I remember truly overwhelming me was uh, Wind in the Willows. Yeah. Uh, Kenneth Graham. There's like there's certain chapters in it where it gets very strange and like emotional and psychedelic almost. But like yeah. Yeah, but also just the unbridled joy of like oh, little pencil drawings of like mold dancing through the wood. It's yeah. so lovely. Yeah. Like it, it creates just a world you want to live in mm -hmm. while occasionally jarring you a little bit. And I think I think it's a good thing for a kid to be a little jarred and a little mm -hmm. overwhelmed at times. I think it's good. I, I don't know. I I just remember reading that in like fifth grade. I want to say and being like, wow. oh my god, like yeah, that's a beautiful book. Uh, it's hard for me to say what I think the perfect book is, considering that I, I collect so many. Mm -hmm. I don't think any book is, like, excessively... I, but I do own... I think you're going to say The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. I do own that because my grandma gave it to me, but no. Yeah. My, my personal favorite book of all time has always been The Picture of Dorian Gray, and there was recently I was able to acquire um, someone... There was a book company that printed the original manuscript and the original handwriting oh, of the author. Oh, wow. So I own this really big um, book. I own like six copies of the picture of Dorian Gray because translations are different. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like my books uncensored. <laughs> so I own like uh, one copy uncensored and annotated alongside like, you know, the censored versions and stuff like that. Uh, this one is almost illegible because Oscar Wilde handwriting, Oscar Wilde's handwriting is so terrible. <laughs> it is almost illegible. And it's like, thankfully we have really weird cursive handwriting in my family. So I can just barely make out some of the really <laughs> bad cursive, but you, I think it's beautiful to see um, notes and everything that he wrote alongside the things he scratched out. So it's an authentic manuscript, but it's it's been reprinted, so it's not like the legit one. Like legit, mm -hmm. legit can't have that one. Yeah. But they've done it for like Frankenstein and other ones, and that's I would love to get those. But Picture of Dorian Gray has always been um, something that's really stuck out to me. I I like despair. <laughs> I guess. I, I think it's a beautiful story about the fears that change that people have to change. And I think I've talked to Ben about this regarding, like, you know, Lovecraftian stuff and the fear of, you know, change. And that, and that's kind of, kind of goes hand in hand with this movie a little bit, is that mm -hmm. the guy at the end starts to realize, like, you know, why do I like this girl? All this stuff. Is it only because, what do I really know about her? I don't really know anything about her. What's the, what, he's like, I've seen her nape. I've seen her things. I've seen, I've got, I, he's like, I, I, I know what she looks like. I know nothing about her. It all, it's almost he's, like he has, like, an existential crisis. That's what a lot of these books do yeah. for this particular author. Tommy Galaxy is also another uh, anime where they kind of do this whole like self-reflection in the world, the chaotic nature of the world around them. Mm -hmm. um, he, I, I feel like he's a he, senpai is a very good character to represent, like you know, first love or mm -hmm. like when you 
feel infatuation. Everybody in the book feels infatuation at some point. You get the guy with the who wears his underwear, the only guy. Can, can we? Can we? I'm sorry. Don't I know underwear. this is yeah, jumping. Yeah, go ahead. Can we? This was the point. Of, this was the part of the film that I found the most disappointing, and I know it's a minor point. But when I kind of had a feeling when the um, he's what is he known as? He's the the school president, the school festival oh, executive. Oh, the crossdresser. The head, yeah. <laughs> yes. When when Mr. He Underpants gets is, the most is, is giving <laughs> is giving. <laughs> he's the hottest guy in school. Yeah. Yes. Um, when when they're giving the final performance and he's staring out the window, he goes, and he says, "Oh, it's like something's familiar." I was like, "Oh my God! Please don't tell me you're the woman that this man is looking for." <coughs> so he comes dressed up. I was like, "Yes, he is the woman that this man is looking for," and he takes off his wig. And I was like, "Yes, they're gonna do this." And can we talk about his assistant that had the nerve to like ruin the moment by throwing something at the guy's head? And I, I wanted them to end up together. Am I the only one that did? Maybe. But no, movie, movie copped out. Be with <laughs> it copped out like hell. It's copped out. So sad. That moment so angry. He can't be with anybody. He's wanted by everybody, so he can't be with anybody. <laughs> he could have been with the guy. Have you seen what some of these women do? <laughs> they're so extreme. Oh my god. They start a fan club and they're all like, none of us can date him. He belongs to all of us, so therefore none of us can date him. We can't even approach him. That was just so disappointing. <laughs> I was watching that, so I was like, oh. I, was I like, do love Damn. that, like, that story of the most wanted person always being alone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because no one can, like, have the nerve to actually, yeah. yeah no one has the nerve to actually walk up to him. And I love how his how room feel. was just cluttered with stuff like fruits and all the other stuff, the gifts that he's been given. He's the he's the prince of the school. He's, but how does he have that high tech gadgetry? I I know this is fantasy. I know from all the money he's gotten from these women. I don't know. He just has he just has like, like the NSA force. Like yeah. an entire army. Like, he's supposed to be the the rich hot kid in school, and women will like give him gifts of money, expensive things, mm. but they won't it, they won't talk to him because uh, they feel like he's unobtainable uh, and he's just out of reach. Like I'm not good enough to be with him and that's kind of the point of the movie is that sometimes like you just gotta just do it you yeah. gotta do it you just gotta go for it be like be like kurakami no otome and just go for it all yes <laughs> you just mm -hmm. gotta go for it it was just so sad it was so disappointing to me i mean i got over it eventually but it was just when i was like oh that's so sad because they're about to kiss and then an annoying girl what does she throw kazuko <laughs> she throws something and he gets and i was like oh you're so fickle and i was like oh <laughs> wow, Simona, tell us how you really feel about it. It was just so it. disappointing. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Okay, I'm over. I'm done. Are you sure? I'm done, yes. I, I'll, I, I will get over it. I'm done. <laughs> so we have a lot of, so a lot of people attribute this movie to being called like very like quote-unquote Japanese mm -hmm. because of all the references that seem like if you were like new to all of this, you just wouldn't get it mm -hmm. the western culture just would not understand it well i certainly yeah. i mean for all of my experience with mm -hmm. like watching just anime i was i references were yeah they were completely lost on me yeah so um if you guys have any questions <laughs> about some of these references I, yeah I, because i because i watched i was telling annalisa and kate i was watching a review about this guy and he was saying that they're like he mentioned those references 
where if you're not part of the culture, you're not going to get them. Yeah. Or so I was not, curious, like, like what one or two of them, like, if like what would some, one or two of those examples be? Because I was like, I'm sure I missed a ton of references. So like, in the beginning of the film, we're introduced to Otome, mm-hmm. our main heroine here, um, and she goes drinking. She meets two people. Uh, one of them is a guy, and he calls himself a self-proclaimed Tengu. Um, if that reference is lost on you, Tengu, it, basically they're just saying he kind of is a wanderer. He's a jack of all trades. Tengu are supernatural monsters, or a yokai in Japanese culture, that are bird I... people who often are con- attributed to like controlling the wind. So he kind of just comes and goes like a breeze. And you kind of get that from his character. He kind of knows how to do all these things. But he also doesn't stay put in one spot. Is he this the character with the large jaw? Yes. yes. The guy who okay. has no underwear just on. Just applying this to pants. Ghost of Tsushima. Oh! The guy who steals pants. Yes. He's oh. mysterious. He's mysterious. Tengu are like mountain gods. Oh, and they okay. stay up there and they don't interact with humans. And they just kind of just come and go. And oh, that's okay. about it. He's kind of just an entity that just rides the wind. That's okay. what he does. So, <laughs> like, he, he doesn't have any money. And he's just literally like, they're like, let's go drinking. I don't have any money. Who just says you need money to go drinking? (laughs) Someone's tab. (laughs) So he's a moocher. Yeah. Yeah. He's a moocher. I'm Um, not very good at entertaining a group of old men. He is not good at it. No, he's a little above them. Um, Some other situations like the Daruma doll. If you're not used to what Darumas are. Yeah. Um, so I have to look at a list of some of the stuff on here, but I know that I wasn't bothered by any of the stuff I didn't know. I just yeah. felt like, in some ways, just fascinating. Oh yeah, I wasn't bothered by, by it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I got some of the references, yeah. just not all of them. Yeah. So the significance of the Daruma is when you get a Daruma, it's usually a, it's a, a wish-granting device. You get a Daruma and its eyes are unpainted. Okay. Uh, so when you make a wish, you paint one of the eyes. And when your wish comes true, you paint the other eye and you're supposed to like just kind of throw it out of that. Okay. It's it's like a it's like a goal thing. It's a goal. It's yeah. something you work towards. And the Daruma is kind of seen throughout the entire film. The Daruma girl, like he okay. like you know meets her. And if you notice, like you know, of course it'll have both eyes kind of like painted in because she's it's a costume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the fact that is like you know this guy wishes he could see her again. That wish came true. And here we oh, go. Okay. She ends up getting hit in the head with a Daruma, and one falls out because Senpai ends up throwing one out the window. It's all like chance fate stuff like that. Um, they do make a reference to a very famous uh, manga called Glass Mask. I have the, I actually have the anime for it. Um, it's an old, like, girls manga about basically this girl becomes an actress, but she puts on masks to emulate the, put on the emotional, basically to become different people. Yeah, like Ethan Hawke in the Black Flag. Exactly. So, but it's supposed to be this metaphor of like, you know, oh, they're faking their emotions. Exactly. It's not real. I guess. <laughs> not really. <laughs> so, um, stuff like that. They, they do, they just kind of throw out a lot of, like, Japanese, like, terminology and... Oh, can we talk about the, the exotic, um, erotic... Sorry, exotic. Erotic, erotic paintings. I know, I was talking to Lisa. One I recognize is the Dream of the Fisherman's Wife. Yes. Which is awesome, so by the way. So, there was a decree in early Japan, can't think of the time period, um, where that stuff was outlawed, mm. but it was also erotic, and 
because it was erotic, they got out of it. That the fisherman's wife is actually has a funny story because um, they couldn't take that one away because the context of sensual paintings was that like you know, and sorry, I'm going to try to make this as PG as I possibly can. You don't have to. <laughs> so the whole erotic paintings were deemed like as such when genitalia was shown mm -hmm. in any okay. form, any like penetration stuff like that. Um, so this guy who created the fisherman's wife painting, um, did it with, it's the octopus one, um, did it on purpose because he was like, well, it, they're like, you know, arms look like that, but it's not that. Okay. And that's where that all comes from. So they couldn't punish him for it because it didn't fit in the description of a erotic prince. Right. Okay. It was just he found something that looked similar and replaced it, and that's how we have this print now. Okay. Um, that was, that's pretty smart when you think about yeah, it. Though. Yeah, it's really smart. Like, 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 like a way to say F you <laughs> is like, huh. So I won't go any more like references. No, is no, that, why, is that why they also blurred out with the flowers? Is that like a, a, yes, a funny it's a thing? Yes, it's okay. to blur out the, the naughty parts. Okay. <laughs> the parts that are deemed bad by their system. And are the other. I'm sorry, I feel like I'm just harping mm -hmm. on this one scene. Are okay. the other paintings also based on historical paintings that yes, you see? Yes, they're all real paintings. Okay, all right. They used to have little shop fronts for them. Okay. Um, until they became outlawed, and then they kind of did them, like, had used bookstores that would sell them, like, okay. kind of behind the scenes. Okay. They were, like, illegal selling. Okay. So, you can see that kind of represented in some other anime, like Samurai Champloo. They do a whole episode where... Um, one of the characters ends up becoming, you know, falls in love with one of the artists, and he ends up becoming like a famous thing. But yeah, yeah. So you kind of get a, a view of that one as well. Um, but yeah. Okay, cool. So but there are other ones. So I should say, as a full-on general review of this movie, mm -hmm. um, I really like. It felt like an energy injection, and it felt very gleeful, and just like it was designed to make people happy. And I love, especially more and more appreciate movies like that than I did six years ago when it came out. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, the story and the premise of it I enjoyed, but I have to be honest, the animation, I know it's supposed to be that yeah. way, but it's so bizarre that it kind of like jarred me out of the story That's a little totally bit. fine. It's supposed to feel like trippy and yeah. out of place and chaotic yeah it's supposed to capture the chaotic nature that life but then brings. it can yeah the used book market was just beautiful can, just can we also talk about the the hot the spicy um food contest scene yes we, the spicy hot pot i just loved it because he's hoarding the books that they all want and and i love that when um when senpai wins the god of used book comes he goes like how dare you hoard it? and the books just start flying away and they're going to their right but he hangs on for dear life to that book, and I'm like, yes, like that was such an amazing scene. I, I love how drunkenness in this is just people turning progressively redder. redder. Yeah, that, yes. That's a great gag. No human could survive the amount of drinking that happened in this movie. No. <laughs> I think. But, I, but I, I like to also, like, one thing I noticed when the old man that has the devil horns for hair, the one who yes. had like that. When he drinks, it's like a weight in his stomach. So, like, because remember when he's explaining to her about the particular beverage he's giving her, and he drinks, it's like, it's a weight. Like, it goes down so heavy. 
but when she drinks it, it's like there's flower imagery. And I was wondering if that's all supposed to be indicative of both of their state of minds, because he is obviously like, my turn. Yeah, and so like everything is a weight for him. Like even the way the alcohol goes down, it's like it sticks there and then like plunk goes right down. But with her, it's like it fills her up and it gives her this feeling of like euphoria and she's like enjoying the tastes and everything. I did appreciate that, like how that imagery being used. Um, yeah, and also... It was a, so, the yeah. flowers that you see that portray her, and it's kind of one of the other central themes of the film is Buddhism. Okay. Um, so that's called, I think, called Namunama, and it's supposed to be, like, this divine, like, lotus in everything. It's, like, a, it's a form of worship. Hmm. So every time she drinks, it's, like, euphoria. Okay. For her. So. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad I picked that. I picked <laughs> up on that. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, there are a lot of great moments. I did love... When um, everyone is sick, well, not that, I, let me rephrase it. I didn't love that everyone was sick, but I like the scene when she's going to each of them and she's nursing them and how the seasons just change. It goes from, like, summer. It's not really changing, but metaphorically, it's like she's in a winter storm and she's fighting that storm to get to every single person and how, like, when she visits them, their lives are changed for the better. Like, she visits the old man who has all these clocks running very fast. She says, you know that life is worth living and, and the clocks slow down. I love that. That was amazing. The, yeah. the watches and everyone. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful scene. Because um, when you get older, time seems to go so much faster. Yeah. But yeah. in your youth, time goes so slow. Yeah. But what an interesting visual way to, I don't know, I was just like kind of, yeah, that struck me. Something I need to say about that sequence is uh, when she's visiting everybody with a cold. One of them is talking about drinking hot cola. Like, like taking cola yeah. and heating yeah. it up Ew. as a cure for it. Now, yeah. uh, I first saw this movie like the year after I graduated college. So, and that blew my mind because in college, me and my friends were obsessed with hot Dr. Pepper. Oh, uh, this okay. this was an official recipe oh. put out by Dr. Pepper in the 1960s to to serve it like tea, and you know, so just to Is it see. Good? Ah, uh, I mean, it tastes like hot Dr. Pepper. <laughs> it's very sweet. Uh, but, you know, if, if you like Dr. Pepper and you like tea, you might like it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, just seeing that in a movie blew my mind. But is there some truth that there is some blow. benefit? Like, if you have a cold? It's the no. syrup. It's supposed oh. to be more of like a syrup thing. The syrup is supposed to coat your throat and your stomach a little so, bit. That's uh-huh. about it. Someone explain to me this, since this is truly like it is also a glorious like social <laughs> drinking movie. Why is it that when I'm by myself and I can, I'm like watching whatever a film, I can have two, three, four whiskey gingers, and I'll be by the end of that, you know, I'll probably need to take a couple of leave for the next morning, but I'm like feeling whatever, perfectly normal. But if I go out with friends and I have two beer, I'm lit. I can. It's your endorphins and the dopamine you get from having your friends. And that makes all the difference. So you get can you get super yeah. ripped That's as long as you have like... Never drink That's, you're essentially Endemic. like picking Nailed up it. on their energy and it's intoxicating. Yeah, no, like drinking on a date for me, if I have two cocktails, I'm, I'm gone. It, it's funny, like... And alcohol is also a depressant. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Your emotions are so, amplified. Ben's yeah. like debatable. 
But you're feeding I mean, off your own energy at that point. Yeah. Too, and yeah. But I, I think that also goes to another theme about this film in connectedness and being with other people because we are social creatures, some exceptions aside. I know there are people that really don't mind being alone. But on the whole, we need connection. We need to know that there are other people around us. Um, and I saw that as a, another major theme, especially with the older people, that they're all socializing, but because they're older and they feel like they have nothing left to live for, they're socializing, but they're still kind of isolated and alone. And the old man that she visits at the end, and I love how she encourages him because he has all this money, all this wealth and power, but he is alone, you know, and he's sick alone. And it's something that also touched me too, because one of the worst times, and I know you don't want to spread your sickness, but when you're sickness, you're also dealing with the pain and the discomfort of sickness, but it's nice to know there's someone there. Like I often think it would be so, not devastating, that's probably too much of an exaggeration, but it would make me feel so much worse if I am so ill and I'm so alone. Like I don't have anyone coming to see me or even checking like, how are you doing? That's a common theme in yeah. like anime films and anime yeah. series is that like, you know, it's, it's not romantic. It's one of those things where you yearn for someone to mm -hmm. take care of you. You're yeah. stuck in bed, can't mm -hmm. do anything. And so there's a lot of the greatest love scenes like in anime cinema has always been like someone gets sick mm -hmm. and for some reason out of like pure fate or chance, the person knocks on their door mm -hmm. and just happens to check in on them. And that's it. And then they take care of them. And then because you're sick, you're in a daze and then mm -hmm. you end up saying things that are on your mind that are genuine that you don't remember the next day. Yeah. It's, a, it's a state of drunkenness in which you blurt out the very like sensitive and like you know things that you've held guarded mm -hmm. feelings about one person. Yeah, and it comes out that way. Yeah, mm -hmm. you even think about when like we see it in Harry Potter as well. Remember oh yeah, scene? Hermione. Exactly when he says Hermione's name when yeah. he's slaying sick, it's that's the person he wants the most and it blurts out because you don't realize and he probably doesn't even remember it the next day right <laughs> because oh, yeah. he's too sick and the fever is too high mm -hmm. i don't understand why nobody was smart enough to grab ramilda vane when they had the chance <laughs> let's be real harry screwed that one up ramilda screwed that one up she by getting roofied that him she, sort yeah. of she tried. she tried she tried she wanted that so bad that's really a roofie well, she she put a love potion in the chocolate. But he would have been still fully like in charge of his faculties. Not really. No, he wouldn't have been because the love. I know. I know Ben. The point that you're trying to make. I'm. Just... What I'm saying is, he wouldn't have been passed out and unable to consent anything. No, but it's like love potion number nine kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's you're a manipulation. It's Good like... film reference, by the way. <laughs> Um, I, I will say you're correct. He screwed up when he should. Ramilda Vane. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think he dodged a bullet. No, she did end I up as Siri in the Witcher series. So she's fine. In the oh, books, man. though? That's oh the same actress? Mm -hmm. That's Ramilda Vane. Oh my god. Yeah. Because I feel like you barely see. Oh, amazing. You only saw her for a second. Stuck. Oh. Yeah, up to no good in the library in <laughs> Hogwarts. It was cool. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of other little romantic things, just a little side note. I don't know if I've said it before. I think we did it when we did his other film, Ride Your Wave. I don't know if we did an episode on that. I think, I think we did. did. I don't think so. Oh, I did show you guys. Oh, that's probably for the anime club. I've shown them Ride Your Wave. Um, 
they also do an they do a part of the story on Christmas Eve. And Christmas Eve, unlike how Westerners view Christmas Eve and two things, it's like one, it's a big commercial holiday where we buy gifts for family and you know friends who like you know we share our gratitude with. But also there's like you know the Christian element of it as well. You know it's that day. Um, I can't think of off the top of my head. Um, in Japan, Christmas Eve is the most romantic day of the year, even more so than Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. It is depressing to be alone on Christmas Eve. It is something you do not want. You don't want to have someone not to kiss on midnight. Nope. It's kind of like New Year's Eve. It's like you don't want to like you want to grab someone and kiss them like right as the ball drops. It, it's the same thing mm. there. It's because it's like there's yes. no real like religious connotation with Christmas there in Japan. Isn't, it's very teeny tiny. Yeah. But everybody, it's like Valentine's Day is like two different holidays in Japan. You have Valentine's Day and then you have White Day, mm -hmm. which is like the reciprocation. It's reciprocation the month after. Girls will give men, or you will give someone a gift on Valentine's Day of usually handmade chocolates, chocolates in general, just little gifts, and then the person a month later will reciprocate by giving you. Yeah. Blah blah blah. A thank you gift. Yeah, and so. it's and usually when it's depicted in anime or in mm -hmm. manga, the girl is up like stressing over whether or not the chocolates yeah, or yeah, the cake exactly. is going Cookies, to be chocolate. It's, it's handmade. It's supposed to it's be going like, to be good enough or exactly. taste good. <laughs> yeah. I, so. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas Eve is the single most romantic holiday mm -hmm. of the year. It's pretty mm. interesting. I have a very unrelated question that Joe yeah. can cut out. Uh, for Simona, unless you watch Supernatural too. <laughs> Every time someone mentions Valentine's Day, I think of Supernatural and I'm very curious if you do. I never watched it. Supernatural, I don't know, like... Because the day after Valentine's Day is Unattached Floater Christmas. Oh, Unattached Floater. <laughs> and that's all I think. Sorry. I was just curious because I found out that she watches Supernatural. What's what, unattached for Christmas? So all of the girls or whoever that didn't have a date on Valentine's Day are now they're unattached and they're floaters and it's Dean's Christmas and it's also cheap candy day. But that's unattached. This shows Christmas. up multiple times in Supernatural because I have like they had 15, fifteen seasons, twenty-two yeah. episodes apiece. Unattached. They had time. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a good show? Uh, Stop please, after season five. Please cut this However, out because I don't want the Supernatural <laughs> fans to like come at us because well, it's completely they're, unrelated. They're, they're rabbit. Oh, all forty-one of our listeners. There might be like three. <laughs> well, that's it. We both. We have more than forty-one listeners. Well, okay, if they want to comment on the videos. Because that's good traction. It was only yeah. supposed to be one mm -hmm. through five, the seasons, and then yeah. the fans wanted more, so they came back and did more. Ten more seasons. Yeah. 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 The fan base is rabid. Um, but if you want to watch it, one through five is just fine, and then yeah. you can end. It has a very nice, like, plot. Because they recycle a lot of the dramas and whatever, but yeah, one through yeah. five, and you'll be set. It'll give you a clear enough idea of what the show is You'll about. miss the Leviathan, which is a fun time. There's season seven, and there's this really fun episode with cursed objects in the Leviathan that I love, but that's, like, I can give you specific episodes to watch. Alright. Okay. Also, you'll miss Kevin. And uh, I hated Kevin at first, but then I loved Kevin. I love Kevin's mom. Did someone from Supernatural become Soldier Boy? And Yes! Jensen Ackles! Yeah. Okay. He's also... He... I love him, and this is probably blasphemy, but I don't care because it's Batman. He's a terrible Batman. He's already Jason Todd, and he's Jason Todd in Under the Red Hood. But he's a terrible Batman. He's the voice of Batman for The Long Halloween. It's terrible. 
and I love him, so that makes me very sad. What about that show, uh, that DC show, where it was all of, like the non-Batman together, and it was like an R-rated show, and the guy was like Batman. Then, oh God, are you talking about Titans? Titans. Is that the actor? Is that uh, Jensen Ackles? No. Oh, okay. No, no. That show. That wasn't a good is... show. No. Yeah. Is Doom Patrol a good show? I hear. It's... Yes. Okay. Yes, Jane is a delight, but that she's what is her name? I don't remember her first name. Her last name is Scriera. Because I found like for DC programming, I know we're a little off topic here. Peacemaker, I thought was absolutely brilliant. Mm -hmm. I loved Peacemaker. Now I'm hungry for that Diane kind of Guerrero. thing. Diane Guerrero. She's lovely. Diane Guerrero. But she's incredibly talented, and I didn't realize how talented until I watched Doom Patrol. She's from The Walking Dead. Um, she's from Orange Is the New Black. Oh, okay. And she plays Jane, who has a bunch of different personalities. So she's constantly switching between them. But I also, I just found Doom Patrol really charming. They do bring in um, Cyborg from the Titans verse. Okay. But I overall really enjoyed Doom Patrol. I didn't finish it, but what I've seen is very good. And Matt Bomer plays... I don't remember. He's essentially the Invisible Man. Okay. And then um, Brendan Fraser. Fraser. He's like the Frankenstein Fraser. metal guy. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's the. Uh, he's phenomenal. Robot man. I was not prepared to see his butt, but it's fine. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> of butts, there are a lot of butts in this film. Uh, yes. There, there is, is a, a lot of nudity. <laughs> um, it just goes hand in hand with more of the chaotic nature of. Things. I feel so bad. A lot of people like to, I know a lot of drunk mm -hmm. people are portrayed as like, you know, people who like strip. Oh, yeah, they get I really did, drunk I and then they're like, get me out of these clothes. That's probably the first thing that happens when I get really drunk, actually. That's what happens when I get home. I'm like, you get strip. everything off. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. I've never been drunk. I've been tipsy, you, but I've never been drunk. You should definitely You're not be missing drunk. Anything. Yeah, you don't have to be drunk. You just got to be tipsy. Just got to be tipsy. Just get over drunk that is like that line. If you don't know yourself well, that's like. I oh. guess in that case, I've never been drunk because I've never been like, I've Sloppy. never not remembered the night before in any way. Or, yeah. But no, never yeah. been, never been blackout. But. Yeah. That's probably a yeah, good thing. Really yeah. That's probably a good thing. Yeah. No. I can't imagine Ben I Sloppy I was though. Blackout this weekend. I think I, I I'm too. I have like an allergy, so I get I'll get sick well oh, okay. before I get to that point. That's very you know, interesting. I'll get louder and a little sillier, and <laughs> you know, best. all of a sudden, <laughs> I tell best. everyone what's special about them. And I get That's I get impish. Yeah. yeah. Who doesn't? You run around, you like cast spells on people. Yeah. <laughs> He's in the corner going like. Yeah. Get, get out the spell book. I start playing Starman on the jukebox. I don't call it a jukebox though anymore. It's not? Then what is What's it called? Word? Oh, going to bars with those things jukebox. are so dangerous because you can just pull up your phone because I get to choose the music. Here's now. $25, <laughs> yeah. That's why you do Yeah. Yeah, because this movie is very much chaotic and I feel like it's like representing the chaoticness of just going out on a night bar hopping and getting drunk. This is a sign of an excellent movie, by the way, that it's bringing up all these other things that we're talking about. That's we the whole keep point. coming is back to the movie. Even like for the old people, elderly people, people. For the elderly <laughs> people, it's like they're living vicariously through the youth as like this girl comes up and she's like, they're doing this stupid little sophist dance. 
mm-hmm. thing where they're sticking yeah. their butts out and doing the arm reach. He wants this kind of thing for really strange poses. But I, I, was, I was that, just yeah. admired that they were able to even like <laughs> keep that pose. I'm like, how are you doing this? I was like, this was the precursor. Strong abs. <laughs> with the like going all the way down. I haven't seen it. Well, you gotta see the run though. His <laughs> is, is running you weren't expecting. You were like, oh. I'm a, I'm, a, right. I'm an 80s Devilman that OVA dub purist. No. Give me them cursing weirdly. <laughs> Do I take my shoes off? Oh, <laughs> I love that series. I love Devilman. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's supposed to be the feelings. You're supposed to relate in some sense. Like We all know what it's like to have a crush that is so difficult to that, you know, we feel like we just can't bring up the courage to speak to the person and then we end up either just giving up on it all or or trying too hard and or then, trying too and hard then to be a part of her story and then being gently crushed because they're gently crushed though going, is there a gently crushed? no i'm trying to be really nice depends. i'm trying to be nice because they want to get back with their significant other yeah. sometimes love isn't always what it appears to me to be sometimes it, the movie really does a good job of being like it takes time to really get to know someone. We have yeah. Don Underwear who, you know, found out the love the woman he thought he was fated to meet because two apples fell on their head, <laughs> a couple of apples fell on their head, and they laughed. Was you know, really was cheesy. not what he thought and envisioned mm-hmm. on the day, but still at some point thought to himself, he's like you know what, that's cool, whatever. And they both decided it was a mistake and it didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. That's not what they decided. The assistant girl decided. Thank you for a very cool movie. Yes, Amanda, thank you. Yes. In the immortal words of this author, in the last line of her book, our main hero, Senpai, says, do all you can and then wait for providence. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I like that. That's a nice That was nice. So with that, I think we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.